hello and welcome to Life Coaching on the Move podcast. Uh, if this is your first time listening to this, thank you so much for giving me your time. I am absolutely um, thrilled that you've chosen this podcast and you've chosen to join me. This really is just a podcast where it's almost a life coach in your pocket, giving you tips and techniques that you can use in everyday life in order to grow your own confidence, make changes, make improvements, get you thinking, get you to shake things up a little bit for yourself. Um, It's raw, it's authentic, Um, I do not edit it, I don't write a script, I just speak from the heart. I tell stories, either my own stories or those of the hundreds of people that I've coached over the last 17 years to make the subject come alive. So welcome along. If you're one of my regular followers, I am thrilled that you're back. I hope this one is useful and I do make reference today to a past podcast so that will help if you've listened to that so welcome everybody. Today's podcast I'm focusing on an extension of a topic I did two episodes ago so that would have been episode nine entitled uh, the importance of being a human being rather than a human doing and in that episode we talked a lot about the importance of just being, just taking time out, just recharging, just having some me time, um, instead of constantly always thinking about what we've got to do, our achievements, our goals, our to-do list, um, and rushing and busyness and the stress that often goes with that. And within that episode, there was various tips and techniques, um, but the emphasis was on the importance of getting some me time, how critical it is that we do stop and we do recharge, um, and that it is not a luxury and it is not selfish, that in fact it is a necessity because if we recharge and we look after ourselves and we stay well and we stay healthy, then we are much, much better able to give to all of those that need from us, whether it's customers, clients, bosses, team members, or children, family, pets, aging parents, etc. I mean, we've all got pulls on our time and our demands and our energies. We have to look after ourselves so that we can do that um, from a strong and able and well position. If we don't, something will happen to stop you. You will become ill or the partnership will split or the marriage will get affected or stress and you'll sleep, etc, etc. Because we can't keep giving out without ever stopping and having some me time and recharging. So that's a quick, quick recap of that episode of the importance of being human or being a human being rather than a human doing. Um, Please do visit that podcast episode if it helps. Today we are going to extend on that because I know, because I've worked with so many hundreds of clients that uh, on time management and stress management who are close to burnout, um, when I start talking about the importance of me time and downing the tools and things like that, their first objection to uh, to that is, well, it's all right for you, but I just haven't got time. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm so stressed. I've got a to-do list as long as my leg. And if I were to suddenly start putting me time on there, it's just yet another thing on my to-do list to cause me more stress. I do not have the time to be able to stop and read a book or a chill or go for a walk or I don't have time to exercise. I wish I did. It's a luxury. It's all right for you kind of thing. 
Um, and I know from working with so many groups and one-on-ones that there is time, there definitely is time, and that quite often, um, I was going to say quite often it's an excuse. That's harsh and it sounds judgmental. It's not meant to. It's not an excuse as such. It is a firm belief, but it's an inaccurate belief because there is time. Um, with the majority of people, there is time to grab. It's just a case of where they're allocating their time. So once we sit down and look at it with an open mind and do some soul searching and um, dig deep into how they're spending their time, there's usually an area where they can double up things, um, cut things out, etc. So in a sense, today is a little bit about some time management for you. There are two, two areas that I want to focus on predominantly. Uh, um, and those areas are two where we can claim back some time. So if you have bought into the idea that, yes, I know it's important to chill out, recharge, but I haven't got the time. If you're of that mindset and you're in that position, this is for you. Um, because these are two areas where I believe most of us can get some time from um, without other things on our to-do list suffering. So the first one is, and you may, may have heard this, read this, know this, but it's social media. Um, and because I'm a life coach and because I have to challenge people's thinking and get them out of their comfort zones and ask them the right questions, I'm going to put this question to you. How much time do you spend on social media per day? or per week, because you might spend more weekends on average. So let's just think about that. In fact, you can actually find out, can't we? Um, we can often look at our screen time anyway and try and analyze how much time we have on the screen in our device. But hand on heart, real soul searching question here. How much time do you lose just thinking, well, I'll just quickly look at Facebook or I'll just check on Instagram. And before you know it, 25 minutes have gone and you've been reading up and looking at photos and checking on people's lives that actually you barely even know um, and certainly wouldn't meet them for a drink tonight or it wouldn't be people you socialize with or that you would ring and tell them about your bad day or or contact them and ask how their their mother is or anything like that uh, who are these people that you're watching and you're looking up on and checking up on I think Facebook and Instagram and those sorts of things are useful if you've got relatives and friends uh, that live a distance away, keeping in touch with them, finding out what they're doing. But so often we are just watching and, you know, looking into the window of people's lives that actually we probably haven't seen for months and months and months and we probably won't see and we they're not on our Christmas card list and they're not people we would spend time with. So is it valuable use of our time? And what I say to clients is, if, if you change that time, you switch that time to literally hard cash, because there is that phrase, isn't there, that time is money. Um, that's just a phrase, though. But if it were literally, if, if every hour of the day was equivalent to, I don't know, let's say £100, just to round it up, nice tidy sum, but let's say every hour of our day were equivalent to £100. So we start off the day with those... Um, those pounds or you know, dollars if you're in the US or whatever, uh, in the bank. And each hour we spend out that hundred, another hundred, another hundred goes till it's to zero at the end of the 24 hour period. Then it rebalances, resets back to 24, uh, back to a hundred per hour. 
if the time that you were spending on Facebook, if you had to pay that money out and lose that money, you've literally spent that money, that time, on people that you barely know, some people actually on, uh, you don't know, they're strangers half the time. Um, if you had to actually shell out that money and give it to them and lose it from yours, your hard cash, your pile of hard cash in that day, would you, would you, are they people that you'd want to spend that money on? Um, you know, would you want to part with that sort of money if it, that's what it was rather than just hours and minutes? Uh, I think that's quite a, a strong thought, actually, that if it literally were money deducted from your bank account, I'm sure I wouldn't want to waste so much. I'm certain. I think that's true of most of us. Also, I want you to do some soul searching. What does social media do for you? What does it bring you? And it may well bring you stuff. It may well. I go on social media predominantly for work, for work adverts and things like that. Um, I don't put my children on there or what we're doing or my first cup of coffee or any of that. I don't do that. It's not for me. I don't, don't get anything out of that nor of watching others. So I use it predominantly for work. However, I have to say that hand on heart, I do fall into the trap of just sifting through and just seeing what old friends are up to or... You know, people. You know, people I recognise or know what they're doing. Where, are they, what, what, you know, what's going on in their life. And before I know it, I may have lost twenty minutes of my time. Well, that's what I was doing. I have reined that in a lot because I've realised it's just wasteful. I wouldn't, wouldn't phone them up. I wouldn't ask them. I wouldn't go and see them because they're not, you know, they're not close friends. Um. So I have really, really become disciplined with my time and my money, as it were, symbolically. But what does... So for me, social media is an advertising um, platform for me. That's what it brings me. Um, what does it bring you? Now, I know when I ask clients this, for, for some, it brings them connection. Uh, they may feel socially isolated. They may have moved town or moved job, and they haven't made friends yet. They may be single. Um, and they feel quite lonely at weekends and Sunday evenings, and it, it helps them to feel connected. And so it does bring them things. Um, but often when I ask that question, hand on heart, what does it bring you? There's there's often a, quite an element of negativity too. It can bring, you know, a, a feeling of isolation. It can enhance that feeling of isolation. It can make people compare their lives with others. It looks and feels like other people's lives are fulfilled, busy, happy. But of course, that, that, that image that we put up on Facebook is not often real. It's a very false image. It's very skewed towards the positive. We don't put our bad days up there, our bad photos or our bad experiences or our emotions. Often only the positives. But... If um, we compare with others, it can dra drag us down, make our lives look boring, feel boring, feel empty. Um, and, and, you know, that comparison can be quite damaging. It, the isolation that it brings can be da quite damaging too. So sometimes, quite often actually with clients, it can be a negative thing. And yet we still do it. It can be um, addictive. But negative, what, what, isn't that the truth with many drugs and addictive things, though? They're not always good for us. They're not always, uh, you know, make us feel great, ultimately. So, um, what I'm saying here is, you can get back some time by controlling how much we, us, spend on 
social media because that is out of our bank of 24 hours. Do you spend an hour a day on social media? Do you spend less? Do you spend more? Is it a wise investment? Um, is it the balance that you want? So one place that we can immediately get some time could be that. Um, I don't know if I've said this story before, but I was listening to an interview recently with an absolutely phenomenal uh, woman uh, who has, she in January, I think, beat, uh, she, she won the spine um, and she actually beat the record by hours. I think it was at least eight hours, I think, that she beat second place, who was a man, by at least eight hours. Um, now, the spine, for anybody that doesn't know, is a kind of a, a huge, grueling um, trail run, I think of about 300 miles over a few days, well, uh, over however long it takes the um, participants really to do it. And they can go through the night, but they have to navigate themselves. It's not proper tracks, it's not all arrowed out or uh, rooted out. You have to navigate through overgrown paths and woodlands, and you can't find the gates or the stiles or anything like that. You have to carry your own kit, your tents, your food everything close the lot and she and it, it's often in the dark by yourself miles freezing cold january bleak just incredibly grueling uh, activity and she smashed it absolutely smashed it and that in itself was impressive enough until through the interview i also heard and learned that uh, she through while she was training and bearing in mind the event was in January so she had been training all through the winter for this event by herself at five in the morning so anybody that has to get up at five in the morning in the dark by themselves to go off and do a trail run <laughs> has my ad uh, admiration but she had been up through the night with her baby feeding her baby so that takes energy it's draining it takes calories etc so she had a young baby so she is also of course, recovering from birth and feeding her baby up in the night, interrupted sleep, then going out by herself at five in the morning to do training runs, which I think is incredibly um, impressive. On top of that, during the event, the 300 mile event, she was stopping and having to express milk. Um, by now, uh, the baby was 11 months old, so I think it was just night feeds that the baby was having. So she was expressing milk for those. But on top of that, if that's not impressive enough, she also said in the interview she's a vet. So after she'd done all of that through the training, she would then go to work. Um, I, I just take my hat off to her and I was staggered and, and, you know, and asking exactly the questions that the interviewer then went on to ask of how, how did you fit all of this in? You know, so much on your plate. And she said... First of all, she doesn't have a TV. They don't have a TV, her and her husband. They do sometimes watch the odd Netflix via the computer, but not often. And she said what she does, she had to decide what was important, which of course are her baby, her husband, um, her job, and her goal to do the spine. She didn't necessarily think she was going to smash um, the record, but she did want to take part and challenge herself. So therefore, all the time, for, for weeks and weeks beforehand, whenever she had time, she would only concentrate on tasks that would underpin one of those goals that would either be about her baby and her husband or her job or her training for this event. She wouldn't, she said, couldn't, didn't want to, didn't have the luxury of 
wasting the t any time on other things such as TV. So that the TV went, she didn't sit and watch inane TV and eat stodge in the evening, she said. Um, she had to control that, she had to use her time wisely and be focused and I think that's what she, is the trick here. On top of that, she also said she doesn't waste time on social media. She does do social media, she, uh, she explained, but consciously um, and sort of in a disciplined way, three times a week she posts roughly, um, but it's very mindful that it's only three times a week and she does put posts up because she passionately believes in inspiring other women. So she would put posts up uh, around that, but then would come straight off social media. She wouldn't sit there for hours just, just sort of um, flicking through and checking up and just losing yourself like so many of us do, um, me included. Or, or I used to, I'm less, less inclined to do that now because I'm controlling it much, much more, as I've said. So um, for those two things, by her being really strict with herself and staying focused with what was important to her, she said it's a key that we know what's important to us, we make choices, we prioritise, and then we stay disciplined and, and strict with those priorities. And I think they're life lessons that we can all learn from. We may not be planning to do something so phenomenal as the spine, whilst feeding a young baby and working as a vet. But we all have demands on our time, pulls, um, priorities, etc., goals and places and, uh, to be and things we have to do. So if we stay focused on those and we let the other things go, we gain some time. And that time can then be to recharge, to do a little bit of exercise, to have some downtime, relax, recoup and so on. So um, going back to my original um, goal for this podcast of how can you achieve some me time? How can you put yourself first? How can you just be a human being rather than a human doing? Well, one way is to restrict the time we waste on social media and stay focused on what is key to us, stay focused on our priorities and only do actions as she did that underpin those priorities. So that's the first one. Um, for you. So um, you do need to do some soul searching and think about it and maybe monitor how long you actually track how long you do spend because you may be shocked and question whether it's a wise investment and maybe restrict yourself a little bit. The second area um, that I wanted to focus on, on how to immediately and easily, without other things suffering, gain yourself some time to, to just chill out and just recharge, is the lunch break. Um, now, it, I don't know what you do for a living, whether you're in employed, paid employment, whether you're in a small startup of your own and self-employed, uh, whether you're at home caring for young, young little humans or older people or whoever, um, most of us are entitled to a lunch break. Most of us should have a lunch break in whatever we do, even if it's at home with young children um, who have a nap, you know, a, an hour's nap or something like that. There is usually time and, in fact, a, a, the allowance of time and the expectation um, and permission for you to have a lunch break. And yet... Over and over again, when I'm working with clients who are stressed and burnt out or nearing burnout and poor time management, etc., 
when I ask about lunchtime, I know their, their answer is, oh, no, no, yeah, no, I'm too busy to take a lunch break. I, I wish I could. It's a nice, nice idea, isn't it, a lunch break, but I just haven't got the time. I've got to get all these tasks done. We're under too much pressure, too many deadlines. My boss is on, the back, on my back. I've got too much to do. And so I often just sit at the desk, carry on, plod, plod, plod through, eat my sandwich at my desk and keep going. In the mistaken, I believe, belief that they'll get more done if they just stay at their desk and carry on working. Now, I admire their commitment. I admire their work ethic. But I think it's a mistake. I think they're wrong. I believe they're wrong. Um, You know, the belief is if you stay there working, you'll get that much more done. You gain yourself 45 minute lunch break that you would have lost or an hour or whatever. But that's is a false belief. If you look at all of the studies, all of the time management studies, people wrongly believe that their work will suffer by the loss of that 45 minutes or an hour break. Um, However, over and over again, it is found that is not the case. In fact, your output increases by taking a lunch break. Um, If you look at it on a graph, for example, By taking a break, getting away from your desk, getting away from your stressors, getting some fresh air and oxygen, your work output, your productivity, your efficiency, your concentration, everything improves. So you not only don't lose that 45 minute to an hour, you gain some on top. So it is a very false belief to think you'll get that much more done by carrying on working. No, no, no. If you've got that work ethic and that work commitment, then do yourself a favour. Take your break. You will gain so much as a result. Now, this is where I start um, getting all passionate about my fundamental belief in life. I, I am so, so strong on this belief that I probably have already mentioned it many times and probably will many, many more times. But I do believe we are cavemen still. We are not designed to be indoors in artificial heat, artificial light, sat down, folded up, cooped up in front of a computer screen or in cars, in traffic, uh, on trains, those sorts of things. We're not designed for that. We are, you know, man is designed to stand up on two feet and move around and be outside. Every single living thing relies on the sun for life force, sun and oxygen for life force. You know, every plant, every animal will not thrive without the sun and fresh air. And yet we put ourselves into centrally heated artificial buildings and stay there. Um, so whenever I'm working with clients now and I say you need to take your break and you need to go outside, the next objection is, yeah, but the weather we've been having, because it's usually January, February, March, where most people hit burnout, because, and I absolutely believe this, because most people at that time are depleted in vitamin D. They're so low in vitamin D, and that's the natural mood lifter. That's why so many of us get us lose our mojo and feel low, low-level depression in January, February, March. It's because we are very low in vitamin D. We need to go outside. And they'll say, yeah, about all that wind and rain. And so, I, I, I just so, I'm staggered when they say that. I love being out in the wind and the rain running. I run all year round. In fact, the one weather that stops me running is 
sun. I can't bear running when it's really, really hot. That really does for anybody and drains and zaps us of energy. But raining, windy, uh, snow even, as long as it's not di uh, dangerous. There's no such thing as bad weather. It's just bad clothes. So I'll say to people, well, have you been out for a walk in the rain? No, no, you can't go out in the rain. Yes, you can. Get the right coat, get the right umbrella, zip up, cover up, get out there. You feel great. You never feel worse. If it's cold, hat, gloves, scarf, off you go. You feel brilliant. You come back on a Sunday morning, uh, everybody else is still in bed um, plodding around. And I do tell you this hand on heart, if I get out and go and do a run or a big brisk walk with the dog in all weathers, bracing weather, freezing cold or blowing a gale, I never feel worse. I always feel better. I feel very proud of myself psychologically. I feel a little bit smug. Um, you never, ever feel worse. Plus, on those days where I have made myself do it, because I really have no choice. We've got a Springer Spaniel, two-year-old Springer Spaniel, and if she doesn't go out, we pay the price. She's bouncing off the walls. For all of my friends who have dogs are the same, or horses, you know, you still have to get out there in all those weathers. I absolutely believe they maintain their mood through the winter, much more so than people who stay in all through the winter, virtually hibernating, rarely go out. It's really not good for us, really, really not good for us. And we don't need bright sunshine to get vitamin D. That's a false belief. We just need daylight on our face and hands, on our skin, basically, for it to soak up the vitamins and lift our vitamin D, natural mood lifter. Um, plus, being outside, you get fresh air and oxygen. You oxygenate your brain. Um, and you can think better. So if you make yourself have a 45-minute lunch break and get outside, go for a walk, couple with which you could add in uh, maybe a podcast, listen to a podcast, learn something, expand your mind or listen to comedy or listen to something interesting or an audio book. Lots of clients say, oh, I used to like reading, but I just don't have the time to read anymore. I'm so tired. Then do audio books. Listen to download audio books onto your phone and listen to those on the train or listen to those in the car or out at lunchtime on your break. Or as I am doing now, actually, because I like to do more than one thing at once, I am still doing a week's ironing whilst doing my podcast here with you now. I know that most of my regular listeners will know that I'm often on a dog walk with Millie and you hear all the birds on. Today, for the first time, I'm actually doing the ironing whilst talking to you. Um, but often when I do mopping the floors, cleaning the bathroom or um, doing the ironing, I'm listening to podcasts or interviews or comedy um, because it then makes something quite negative and draining that I hate, boring, thankless tasks. It, it makes it painless and actually is a bit of recharging time, a bit of me time. I'm listening to a great book being narrated um, and getting the ironing done. So it doesn't all have to be negative. We can throw these things in to help us. To, to get some good out of these things, whether they're the mundane tasks or whatever. Just got to sort of think outside of the box, how we can throw some things in that will boost us, recharge us. Um, so if, if she, I would passionately and strongly recommend that you take your lunch break. Go for a walk, go for a run. Lots of companies have showers now. You could do a half an hour run, shower, and then eat your sandwich at your desk. That means you've ticked the exercise box, you start to get fit, you start to get well. 
Uh, you eat better, you sleep better as a result because A, you've had the vitamin D, which helps you sleep. B, you've had the oxygen, which helps you sleep. C, you've had the exercise, which helps you sleep. And anyone knows that if you've had a good night's sleep, you can handle and cope with virtually anything, especially if you're a mum. If you're tired and jaded and exhausted and you've had very little sleep, it's a real toughie. You're walking through treacle. It's hard to be tolerant and patient. Um, with children and things like that you know a good night's sleep helps everybody helps our concentration helps our output our productivity everything we eat better we don't crave sugar as much if we sleep slept well and so on so we've got to break that negative cycle got to get on the upward uh, cycle rather than a downward spiral um, and that can be as easy as making sure you take your lunch break, even if it's just to sit on the park bench and read or write something or write a journal or write an attitude gratitude journal or meet a friend. And actually another thing that, that boosts us um, is meeting a friend, having connection rather than doing it virtually through Facebook or Instagram, actually meeting with someone or go with someone from work, go for a brisk walk with somebody. Um, when I'm walking the dog or running, um, I've got a few really good friends here that we, we've been friends for years. They've also got dogs. They also run. We meet up. They work. I work. But when we're on a day off or a early evening or a Sunday we'll meet up so not only are we doing the dogs so the dog's done that's ticked one chore done we're also having some exercise that's another one keeping our fitness up but we're also doing it together so we're connecting with our friends I wouldn't get to see them anywhere near as much if we didn't do that that's our point of uh, contact that's our social side so we're ticking three things off our list by combining them so I've, I've sort of, it's, at times there might be two or three of us and we've all had a proper catch up, chatted while we've run around for an hour, jogged through the woods, been with nature, done the dogs, back Sunday morning and, and you know, you feel great, you, feel, you never feel worse. So my key takeaways today for you are, we still, I still emphasise in the need for us to have some me time. But now it's ways around our possible issues of I haven't got enough time. There is time. It's just changing where we spend our focus um, and some things giving in order to allow the time elsewhere. Um, so for you, the key takeaways are where are you, where are you possibly wasting time and how can you get that back? And what will you do with it? How can you get some me time? What is your thing that recharges you? Is it a bit of baking? Do you like baking or cooking or fishing or whatever? And maybe combining that with some lovely chill out music playing on your phone or a, an audio book while you bake or whatever. A hot bath and listening to some good music with some Epsom salts in the bath to lower your blood pressure and some nice scents. Uh, in the background, some smells and things like that. All of these are great things to do and practicing your breathing, doing some breathing exercises whilst in the bath and calming your breathing down. Any of those things. So for today, I have given you some time management tips really um, because what we have co concentrated on today will actually also improve your work output. So not only will you feel healthier, fitter, more rested, better sleep, 
better mood because you're vitamin D, you will also perform better at work. So you do not have to feel guilty. If you think about it, actually, if you are in a job or a role where you are expected to have, say, let's just say for argument's sake, a 45 minute break, but you're not actually paid for that. Not that that's the issue here, but 45 minutes is your allowance. If you don't take that, over a week, you've given out 3.75 hours a week, or you've lost 3.7 hours a week. I mean, what could you do with that time? If, if we could change, by some minor miracle, how many hours there were to the day, and add in an additional 45 minutes, what would you do with it? What could you do that you're not doing now? Learn a language, learn a subject, learn, go somewhere, do something, you know, anything like that. But that's basically what you're giving away if you don't take your lunch break. If you times 3.75 times 4, you're pretty much, it's 15 hours. So 15 hours a month, that's two working days more or less, give or take. Two working days you're giving extra to your job. But actually it's false because you're not getting the output, not getting the output at all because your, your productivity is... And if you think about if you're giving two days a month away, how much is that over a year? It's a massive amount that you're giving away, but wrongly as well because it's not actually, it's not paying off. It's not paying off for your employers or your customers and it's not paying off for you and your family. It's not selfish taking that... Um, lunch break at all. In fact, everyone will benefit. Um, your tasks, any of our tasks, shrink or expand to fit the time that we allocate. So um, all the time management studies reveal that. So let's say you allow three hours for a project. Bizarrely, all the time management studies have shown it will take three hours. But equally, the same studies show that had you only allowed one hour, you would also get the same task done uh, because it shrinks into the time we've allocated or expands into the time we've allocated. And to back this up, just imagine that you're somewhere without a charger, uh, say you're stuck on a train or something, and you've only got 10% of your battery life left on your laptop or your phone. How much work do you get done? in that time knowing you've only got 10 percent of battery life left you get loads done but what you get done is the important stuff you don't start sifting through social media and think oh, i've got plenty of time i'm stuck on this tray for hours i'll just have a little look here i'll just look through some old emails i'll just read a few emails that i've been copied in on for my information update me you don't do that you've only got 10 percent of battery so what you do you focus on a little bit like the the um the athlete or the lady that did the spine, you focus on what's important. You get your priorities right. You get those key jobs done. Um, so you achieve. I mean, I used to do this when the children used to come home on the school minibus at 3.30. I would often sit in my office and think, right, I'll do some admin for the next 20 minutes because the bus might be early. And the bus stop was right by our house, so he would toot his horn. I could hear him. I would hear his gears on the minibus coming up the road. And he would toot and I'd run out and get them across the road. But because for about 20 minute window, I knew that they could be early, they could be late. I'd sit there, but I only had 20 minutes and I would get so much done in those 20 minutes. Every time I did it, it would stagger me. And of course, this is backed up by this law, Parkinson's law in time management, that that's what happens. You stay completely focused. 
Um, I do that now in the mornings. I get up before the house. To, you know, I get up at sort of half six, uh, six o'clock sometimes. Um, get the kettle on, make them all cups of tea, take them all cups of tea in bed, can't believe I'm admitting this, uh, so that they come round slowly, they, they, you know, start to stir, start to wake up. But I give them sort of half an hour, 35 minutes before I start. But, you know, come on, we need to get moving, you need to be up, you need to come down for your breakfast and get them chivied along. So I've got myself quiet 35 minutes, and I know that's all I have first thing before I start doing the school run, the college run, the dog walk, etc. And so again, I get all the key emails done, all the stuff that I must get moving, get, you know, instigate things, emails, send out stuff, you know, I stay focused in that 35 minutes. And I probably get more done in those 35 minutes than I do when I get back. If I'm not coaching one-to-one, um, if I get back and I'm supposed to be writing slides or presentations, I probably get far more done in those 35 minutes than, than for the next three hours of an admin day or something because I stay focused, because I know I've got limited time. Is this something you relate to? If it is, use it to your advantage. So let's wrap up now. Um, extending on last episode on the importance of me time, on the importance of uh, recharging and how it's necessary for our health in order to give out all of those people that need from us. These two tips, the hand on heart soul searching with the social media, the monitor it, measure it, find out, think about it in terms of actual hard cash and where you're investing that hard cash and is it a wise investment. Um, and be strict with it, discipline it. You can grab yourself lots of time as a result um, that might be much more wisely spent. Secondly, take your lunch break. Don't feel guilty. Take your lunch break. See the benefits. See how your work improves, your output, and so on, and see how your health and well-being improves. So um, I wish you well. Please remember that you can always drop me an email and let me know what you found useful. Let me know what you've tried and the results that you've had. My email is dawn at milestone-coaching.com co.uk i love to hear from you and i may well read out your email in some future episodes um, if you've got some some good little snippets that you found useful visit the website www.milestone-coaching.co.uk where there's loads of things there are dates for workshops coming up there are um, there's the blog there's lots of the different trainings that i offer to different companies or one-to-one trainings um, there's coaching don't think i know i've got a lot of listeners abroad but don't think geography is a barrier it isn't i do face-to-face -face coaching for people local to hampshire in the uk but i equally do facetime and phone coaching for those further afield so if you feel that one-to-one -one coaching session could be helpful for you and i don't tie people into a certain number of them i completely let you decide whether one two however many you want to achieve what you want to achieve um, then please drop me a line or phone me or make contact through the website and we can start the ball rolling on that one the last thing i wanted to say because we focus on time management this is many of the things i've been covering and the snippets that i use uh, come from an online program that I have put together. If you want a proper online time management program that you can do at home, learning loads of other time management tips for your productivity, if you're running your own business um, or you're self-employed or you're a, you, you're a line manager and things like that, this online 
two, three hour program that you can do in your own time at your own pace. You can stop and start it as you like. It's a narrated uh, presentation with a packed full of time management strategies. Uh, practical strategies that you or your colleagues, if it's for one of your team members that you know is struggling, it's um, just under £50, so it's very, very reasonable. You don't have to lose them out of the workplace or the office for a day to attend a workshop at all. They can do it in the boardroom or, or at work in an office or at home at their own pace um, for minimal outlays. So, but many many time management strategies on there so their productivity or your productivity or your loved ones will be massively improved uh, with minimal outlay and minimal time lost because i know the irony is when we're struggling with time management the last thing we want to do is lose some time going off on a day's training course so this can can overcome it because once you've purchased it it's yours you could do it at the weekends whenever whenever you like in stages or whatever so again, if you want to have a look at that, that's on the website under online programs or online courses on the website, if that's something of interest to you or for a loved one, if you want to purchase it on their behalf or for team members. Other than that, I wish you a good, healthy, strong, confident week and look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thank you again for your time. Speak soon. Take care.